are you going to do with it? I'm going to give it something socially responsible to do. Can't we just let it go? This thing needs to learn how to adapt, Murph. Uh, gang, let's mask up. Like the rest of us. Treasure. It's been telling us to leave for a while now. Your daughter's generation will be the last to survive on Earth. You're the best pilot we ever had. Get out there and save the world. Are you ready to say goodbye to our solar system? To our galaxy. Here we go. Fast, don't we? Actually, we want to get there in one piece. Hang on. We have a mission. Our mission does not work, but the people on Earth are dead by the time we pull it off. Well, we got this far, farther than any human in history. Oh, not far, no. Make it count. Where's the mountain? There's our mountain. No way. All right, you make it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You might have to decide between seeing your children again and the future of the human race. are listening to the December 19th edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy, objectivism. You just listened to the trailer for Interstellar, and we do want to discuss Interstellar later today. If you were over at my blog, don'tletitgo.com this week, you saw that I posted a little kind of provocative post about what Christopher Nolan movies, recent Christopher Nolan movies in particular, had in common with Ayn Rand's Night of January 16th. So we'll talk about that. I saw Interstellar this week, and for one blissful evening, I was in the universe of Interstellar, which is just this ominous, huge, big Big. universe. And now we're in the world of Sony and capitulation to puny North Korean Dictators. Yep. Oh, bullied. Yeah. So, it, again, if you went over my blog, don'tletitgo.com, you saw that tonight's show is titled From Let's Roll to Let's Roll Over. And I can't believe 13 years ago, a little over 13 years ago, we were in the world of Let's Roll. We were all inspired by Todd Beamer yep. from Flight 93 on 9-11 yelling to his fellow passengers, Let's Roll. Yep. They were going to kill the terrorists and take over the, the flight right? and try right. to survive. And what was I doing then, 13 years ago after 9-11? I put a Let's Roll on bumper stickers, right. and I had a whole bunch of them printed. I mean, it used to be that it was kind of hard to get this stuff done, right? So, I mean, you could order the 
the things printed. So I somehow, you know, got Let's Roll bumper awesome. stickers printed up. And then if anybody, like, mailed me just the cost of the bumper sticker, I would send them the bumper sticker. Yep. And I was doing it as a way of activism. And similarly, here I am today, 13 years later, doing that sort of activism. Um, last night I had this idea of, well, you know, Sony isn't going to play the interview. They've canceled all the showings of the interview due to the threat of hackers from North Korea. And then one, at least one movie theater in Austin first got the idea, and then it spread, I think, to a few movie theaters. They had the idea of, let's play Team America. Let's play Team America World Police in the theaters on the day that the interview was supposed to be premiering. We'll just have that instead. And quickly Paramount came in and said, no, no, we're not going to do that either. And so I thought, well, okay, um, you know, I did, I did have actually a former colleague of mine, he proposed out there on Facebook, he says, well, don't we now have a situation where we could pit copyright against patriotism and let's just have unauthorized showings of Team America <laughs> and we could still send Paramount the money but do it without their permission. And I thought, well, I think there's a better way yeah. that still that sounds respects like team, copyright. That, that sounds like Team North Korea. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I, I think instead, you know, it's, it's like Team Eminent Domain or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I think instead what we could do is we could work within the confines of the law and we could all watch Team America as a coordinated event, and we could do it either on our computers. If we actually own the DVD, we could throw it onto our DVD player and watch it on our televisions or computer again. Uh, let's all do this and yeah. make it a coordinated effort and, in, in effect, in protest and say, look, we are not, as Americans, going to capitulate to a puny North Korean Tell us what we can dictator. and can't watch. Right. I mean, he's trying to be our dictator. So that was the idea, and I Obama had, took a little exception. He's like, "I hey, I'm their dictator." You know, we don't. You know, that's the only exception he took. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll so. get we'll get to that one in a second, right? But no, no, seriously. Oh, okay. oh that I mean, you didn't you didn't listen to yeah, his clip yet? No, oh, wait, I, wait I can't. I yeah. I read some tr a little transcript. Wait till you hear things. his clip, right? Sorry, so we, so yeah, I have this idea. I had this idea last night as I'm just about to drift off to sleep. And I half thought, okay, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go start this event now. And I was going to do this last night. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I might never get to sleep again if I start this. And I really need sleep. You know how they keep saying sleep is so good for us? So I went to sleep. I didn't write it down. I didn't do anything. And sleep then, is still a waste of time, but go on. There I was this morning, and I, I was trying to be good. I was going to do some exercises. And then suddenly I remembered. I threw the exercise out the window. So I had to sleep <laughs> throughout the exercise and went and started this event on Facebook. I've dropped the link to the event in the Don't Let It Go cool. Unheard chat room over here on Blog Talk Radio. So if you have not yet joined the Facebook event, I mean, what's the purpose of this? The purpose is to watch Team America on your computer, TV, whatever, on or around Christmas. I'm I'm construing Christmas loosely here. Again, I chose Christmas because Christmas was yeah. the intended release right. date of the interview. Some people, I think quite appropriately, say, hmm, Team America World Police isn't exactly the kind of movie, you know, that kind of warms the heart and it makes you think of spending time with family and, you know, all that good stuff. But 
What, what's wrong? Is there something wrong with the chat room yeah. again? Well, the, the sound on Talk Radio is still repeating those Stuart writes. Hmm. That is when, when, when you're talking, Blog Talk Radio reverses the recording, and I end up hearing what Amy said minutes earlier. It's terrible. I'm I'm sorry to those people who are listening live who are having audio Apologize, difficulties. It sounds fine in the uh, recorded one. I mean, it sounds fine. I listened to to, to, to last week's. Uh, there was no mess up, uh, as far as I could tell. You know, the, I think the benefit for the people who are listening live is that they can call in over here in the Blog Talk Radio studio, and the number to call is seven six zero. Eight 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 five eight one seven. Again, that's seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. If you'd like to weigh in on some of the things we talk about this evening, the other benefit is the chat room. But apparently, right now, although Blog Talk has been fairly good over the three years that I've been it's, it's here, been very good. Yeah. It's been terrible in the last week. In the last few weeks, there's been a lot of hiccups in the live audio. It's still recorded quite so, well. Yeah. So I, I am I, I am sorry for people having to do that. I'll just anyway, we'll just move on. Blog Talk Radio. It's funny. Yeah, some people are not having fun. Stuart says also, he says, uh, Amy wants to be sure we can hear her because she won't let it go unheard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going unheard here. What the hell? I, I, I will not go unheard. Eventually, it's going to be heard one way or the other. Um, yeah, so so here I am. You know, I'm I'm doing essentially the same sort of thing. I'm trying to start a little bit of a, grass, a grassroots expression of the American sense of life here. Uh, what have you got going on the... Uh, some, some Christmas songs just popped up. Christmas songs are popping up on your yeah. phone. They're playing themselves. A, they have a mind of their own. They actually are. They just <laughs> did, it, did it like an hour ago. The Christmas songs won't yeah. go unheard. They, they won't go unheard. It's just, it's, it's just uh, fun. So it's, it's technical difficulty evening in any event. So from Let's Roll to Let's Roll Over is the title... I got the title from a Facebook friend, Glenn Jameson. So, Glenn, thanks for posting that. He was posting that, of course, in reaction to the Sony story, which we'll get to here in a minute. But I have planned for this evening just to talk about a few issues that I think will take up most of our time. Sony and, of course, Obama's reaction to the Sony. We're going to play his speech in a minute or two. Uh, Cuba. We will talk about normalizing relations normalizing with Cuba. Normalizing with evil. Normalizing relations with dictatorship. Uh, Harvard is caving into people who are complaining about SodaStream. I heard something about that. If you have a SodaStream um, machine, there's microaggressions against oh, Palestinians. Uh -huh. called Palestinians. Uh, we'll talk. We'll revisit the issue of torture a little bit. We will talk some about the Sydney siege and Mark Tapson's article in, in reaction the, to that. Uh, the Palestinian version, quote-unquote Palestinian, of SodaStream is BulletStream. That's their invention, yeah. Oh, God. And then finally we will wrap up with a discussion of Nolan films and Nolan films as compared to Ayn Rand's Night of January 16th. So that's kind of what I have in store here. If you want to talk about any of these, again, call 760 and or speak here to us in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio. So let's first talk about Sony. As you know, Sony has been subjected to horrible damage from hackers yeah. over the last several weeks. And all sorts of scandalous Private email communications. About major leaked. stars. About uh, I mean, all of this stuff. More than we really want to or, or need to know. And... Eventually, Sony felt itself pressured to pull all the showings of the interview 
Why? Because these hackers threatened that there would be 9-11 style attacks if the movie was shown in theaters. So they went ahead and pulled the release. But, but objectively speaking, these are hackers. Uh, there were no bombs set off. There were no explosions. We don't know who these people are. People assume that they're part of the government. Our government is saying that they're part of the government. If our, if our government is saying that they're part of the government, that means there's an attack on America. That means they should have done something. Right. If they're saying that, and some of them are saying that, then some are saying, no, they're unfounded. What I'm saying is uh, they have to act accordingly and do what they have to do and tell, and tell the White House. I mean, again, they have the power to communicate. Say, Look, you're going to protect us. <laughs> like it or not, we're being threatened here. This is your job. They have to do that and say, we're going to do what we do. You do what you do. That's it. And uh, I guess they didn't make the case, even though they did. They, they spoke at the White House, supposedly, one of the executives. Well, and this is the yeah. thing, right? You know, and, and so, so here, here we've, got, we've got Sony pulls all of it, decides to cancel all of the showings. Then some of the theaters, like I said, decided they wanted to show Team America in place of the interview. And you know the interview. I, I probably I don't think I would have seen it. I wouldn't have, I would seen have it. gone to see. It. Oh, it's not now, until it yeah. became a political issue. Absolutely right. I wasn't it's almost like, necessarily uh, attracted yeah. to, but but I would. So yeah. then Team America, if they were going to put that in its place, yeah, I think that would be worth going to One see. And then Paramount the, said no about that. Yes. And so now I say, okay, let's go ahead and do it on our own computers, on our own televisions, on Christmas Day. So again, go to that event on Facebook and join up. I'm looking for all of you here who are listening to go ahead and go join. We've got so far 291 guests going. I'm looking forward to seeing that number go up during the show. We'll keep reminding you to, to join. But why don't we listen to... Barack Obama. When a few days he, later. Yeah. When, for record. Right. When At he, least a couple days later. When he is asked about this. Now, what I like is that there's a whole bunch of people going, and my link to Obama was buried here. So let me go ahead and crank up the volume, and we'll listen to Congrats Obama being questioned. Yeah. See, see if you can handle it. The C-SPAN networks bring you long-form public affairs programming from the nation's capital and are a public service of your television provider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C-SPAN, uh-huh. created by cable. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Start in North Korea, because seems to be the uh, biggest topic today. Uh, What does a proportional response look like uh, to the Sony hack? Uh, And did Sony make the right decision in pulling the movie, or does that set a dangerous precedent uh, in face of the kind of Now, notice he's going to choose to answer the second question. Mm First, he doesn't want to talk about what he's supposed to be doing. Yep. He wants to talk As about somebody else whose country was threatened. Yeah, yeah. Situation. Well, let me address the second question first. Uh, Sony is a corporation. It, uh, you know, suffered significant damage. There were threats against its employees. Uh, I am sympathetic to the concerns uh, that uh, they faced. Having said all that, Having yes, I what? think they made a mistake. Um, you know, in this interconnected digital world. No, no, okay. Let's. One thing is, he had to point out that they were a corporation. Yes. What What was the relevance of that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he hates corporations. Something along those lines. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. So, so he says, okay, in this interconnected world, go on, sir. There are going to be opportunities for hackers 
to engage in cyber assaults, both in the private sector and the public sector. Like now, our first order of business is making sure that we do everything to harden sites and prevent those kinds of attacks from taking place. Okay, now this is interesting. He says our first order of business is to prevent all this, right? By I don't know what he means by harden. I have not heard that term yeah. before in the technical speak. Maybe somebody else knows what that means. But let me integrate something because there is a listener to this show, Craig, who went over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and very helpfully pointed out, he, he posted as a comment to one of my posts this week, a link to Cato's surveillance conference. And I had been interested in watching some of this anyway. And it turned out that they had, as a surprise guest speaker, in the closing segment of the conference, they had Edward Snowden. And they had Edward Snowden, of course, he appeared you know, on the big video monitor. He wasn't there in person. But it was a really nice connection. It was a very nice interview back and forth. And one of the main things that I got out of watching him this time, because I've watched him several times in different places, but uh, one of the main things that I got from that is that he says our government has actually acted to make these computer sites and networks, et cetera, weaker, more vulnerable to attack. Proactively, and the reason is is that the government wants to be able to get in. in to do its surveillance, right? So in and that. maintaining the systems to be weak, so that the government has access, it makes it weaker, so that all these other guys can have access. Now, I don't know that Edward Snowden has any reason to lie about this. I have a tech friend who I believe also confirmed this that yes, our government is actually making this weaker. So keep in mind, as Obama is going to continue talking here that government is probably part of the problem, part of the reason this happened to Sony in the first place. Right. But he's saying, you know, first order business, let's make sure it's more secure. Uh-huh. Now listen to his ideas for that. When I came into office, I stood up a cybersecurity uh, interagency team. To- Doesn't that sound impressive? I stood up a cybersecurity interagency team. <laughs> Did you do anything? It's such a no. Blowhard. Um, everybody remember healthcare.gov and what a security nightmare. <laughs> okay, right. so just just keep that in mind. Let's listen. Look at everything that we could do at the government level to prevent these kinds of attacks. We've been coordinating with the private sector, but a lot more needs to be done. We're not even close to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in the new year that I hope Congress is prepared to work with us on is strong cyber security laws. Listen to that. He says, this is an opportunity for new legislation. We're going to have strong you know, cyber security laws. Is it called cyber care? Pretty much. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, listen listen, and listen to what he says here because this is, this is starting to sound scary. That allow for information sharing across uh, private sector platforms as well as the public sector. Information sharing across private sector and public sector platforms. Yeah, that that's what this is going to be used for. Listen. So that we are incorporating best practices and preventing these attacks from uh, happening in the first place. Um, but even as we get better, you know, the hackers are going to get better too. Some of them are going to be state actors. Some of them are going to be non-state actors. Um, all of them are going to be sophisticated. All of them are going to be human beings. Yeah. <laughs> State versus non-state. It's not the only one who actually brought that up, the fact that they're proactively making 
these systems weaker so they can just swoop in and say, oh, we He's have, probably we, not we, the we, only we one who this. brought it up. And, you I know, haven't you heard know how, and, and, you know, he may have mentioned that before, but in light of the news with Sony and then hearing it from Ed Snowden the other day when oh, I was listening right. to that, you know, address, it, it just clicked in my mind. Someone brought up some bad ideas of Edward Snowden, and no doubt about it, he's mixed. Yeah. But in this, he, you know, he's dead on. Yeah. No, I mean, he... And what he did, and what he... And, he, and if, I, if I ever get a chance to speak with him, and I, and I hope I will, yeah, I, I could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We have differences in, in foreign policy, it's clear, but we definitely share the same ideas. First of all, he in, 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 and go watch that. Um, if you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and you see that section 309 of 4681 post that I did, there's comments to that in which Craig posted a link to the Cato uh, closing of that surveillance conference with Ed Snowden. And if you listen, it's about an hour long. He comes across definitely as pro-American. Uh, he says, yeah, you know, the surveillance problems in America are, are bad, but here it's better than in other places in the world, right? So he he points out how good it is here. He also uh, seems to speak favorably of government using secret agents versus, you know, obviously he's against bulk data collection and, and uh, mass surveillance. So he doesn't strike me as an anarchist in any way. He, but yeah, we let, have some foreign policy differences. Yeah. In terms of uh, individuals who surround him, though, who are supporting him, conservatives have basically dismissed him. Right. I think in general, okay. uh, libertarians, anarchists, freaks like uh, Greenwald—they're the only ones who are basically propping him up and, and, and supporting him in a lot of ways. So maybe the last few years, who knows? Maybe he's leaning certain ways because he's he's pretty undeveloped. He's what late twenties. He might not be fully, yeah. fully, you know formed his ideas, but what I'm saying is uh, he is around people, communicate with people that might be influenced certain certain ideas that he may have had to some extent. Maybe they're getting a little, a little more entrenched within him. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Anyway, uh, but do keep in mind this idea of, you know, government's responsible for these weaknesses. Sony gets hacked, suffers major damage, and Obama's coming out here as, well, you know, they shouldn't have caved. He And, you know, again, Obama and his administration, I think, are partly responsible for what happened to Sony. But, no, Sony shouldn't have caved to it. Then what's the solution? The solution is government's going to take over. We're going to force information sharing between the private and the government network. Look, he just sees this as an opportunity to take over. Yeah. It's not to no, defend that's it. us. That's it. And, and let's listen. Let's listen to more here. And many of them can do some damage. We cannot have a society in which some dictator someplace can start imposing censorship here in the United States. Unless his name is Barack Obama. Unless his name is Barack Obama, and keep. That's what I'm saying. He's so, like, hey man, I'm their dictator. What the hell are you doing? When when I heard of that, you trying to steal I, my thunder here. Yeah, when I when I heard of that, I was reminded of a story that we discussed on this show a while ago. It turns out it was back in October. This is a Washington Post story, if you recall, from October 14th, and the headline was "White House Pool Reporters Test Own News Distribution System." And if you recall, what was going mm. on is that the White House Pool Reporters, the reporters who are assigned to kind of rotate in and out of the, you know, close reporting assignments 
right next to the president during key events and things like that, right? Because you can't have all of these reporters from all these news outlets there at the same time. Maybe it's a small room, you know, whatever. So they agree to share. And what started happening under Obama, which has never happened in the past, is that the White House would take a look at the report that the pool reporter was going to share with the other reporters and say, no, 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 I don't like that. you got to yes. cross this out. you got to do this here. And yes. So they started having an agreement with themselves because what, what happens is they, I guess they're at the mercy of the White House. Right. What would happen is the pool reporter would submit their report to the White House staff and the White House staff would submit it out to everybody else through their distribution network. And the pool reporters were thinking, I don't like how my stuff is being edited by the administration. So why don't we distribute it like in a Google group or something instead? And so they are using the technology that's available to them to bypass the White House because the White House was actually censoring Since their Since now Obama's going to hire the North Korean hackers to get those emails now. Exactly. To, to get into that group. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe he hired them to begin with. That's right. And then and now now he could jump in and take over. Yeah. But, you know, don't let some dictator that's tell you. Saying. Right, right. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. No, and then and then listen, because I think he, now is where he it goes into, well, if it can be done with a movie, imagine if it was done with news reports. And I'm thinking, um, you've been yes. doing it with news reports, sir. So let's, let's keep, keep listening if you can. Because if somebody is able to intimidate folks, folks. out of releasing a satirical movie, folks, imagine what they start doing when they see a documentary that they don't like or news reports that they don't like. News reports that they don't like. You mean like the ones that you didn't like from your pool reporters? Yes. Yeah. Or okay. he didn't like, like the Nish D'Souza movie. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, he, he was uh, strung up and railroaded and almost went to jail. Right. Like those. Like those. Like those. Um, and Nicola Nicola. Right, sure. Or even worse, imagine if producers and distributors He's trying to do, and trying others to start engaging in self-censorship. Because they don't want to offend the sensibilities now put, put uh, of somebody whose sensibilities probably need to be offended. Okay, put pause. Um, this yeah. lowlife never speaks like this ever. <laughs> and this is the same lowlife who goes in and at the UN and says, uh, the future does not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam. This piece of crap. Every time he speaks, there's some reference point. Say, wait a minute. He's completely contradicting what he said before. Every time he speaks, and if Rob says here, it's like being waterboarded and listening to him. And it is. You can't help but start getting pissed off that this guy is president of the United States of America. He's just disgusting. He really is. Very, very difficult to to listen to him. We got we to plow on, though, because there's more, more to get. Um, so, uh, you know, that's not who we are. Hold on, what America's about. Hold on. Um, Please. This is an anti-American. I'm sympathetic that Sony, as a private company, was worried about liabilities and this and that and the other. He's I wish so concerned. Uh, they had spoken to me first. He says, I wish they had spoken to me first. <laughs> now, thankfully. Days went by. Um, thanks, Rob Abiera, because over on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook, he shared with me the link that said, of course, Sony had. Tried to communicate with them. And notice he always sides with the those with the offended. Always has, always will. Always sides with the offended. With Muslims. Always does. He never sides with those who tell the truth 
about him and about Islam. He never does. He goes out there and actually throws him in jail under some pretense that he had some kind of uh, legal problems. Yeah, right. I just, he said something else also. What was it? Um, well, let's, it, let, let's, well, let's go ahead and let him. It's very difficult. I know, I'm sorry. Let's let him finish. Uh, I, I would have told them, do not get into... Uh, when, he, when he doesn't have, he's, a, so when he doesn't have he's like he's like how can I tell this lie? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's like how can I say it with not that I, everyone knows I'm lying here, but right. I know I'm lying. Everyone knows, but right. damn. Right. He, so, so he, he says I would have told them what At I would have told them. You're intimidated yeah. by these kinds of criminal attacks. What are you going to do about it? He says don't get into this pattern. Really? Where you're intimidated. By these criminal hey, uh, attacks. That, that's what he says he chief, wants to tell them. Your job is to protect us. They threaten not just Sony, they, they threaten theaters across the entire country who would play that movie, meaning us who would watch that movie. They threaten Americans. This is a threat against the entire country. Yep. Yeah. And your government says that they're from North Korea and they're, in, they're involved with the government. If that's the case, you better shut up and do something. Now, first of all, first of all, you know, he's Mr. Oh, I'm out on the golf course. I can't be yes. bothered. I'm preparing for my Hawaiian vacation. 17 days. I can't be bothered. Um, but this Sony story has been in the news for days. Uh, once the pressure was starting to be on Sony, his administration, I'm sure, was in contact with them. And, of course, we do have a news story in which we have heard from Sony. Yes, we did call the president. Yes, yes, they did. And they said so. He lies ass off, and, as usual. And, and what should a proper president do? A proper president should say, Sony, we want you to go ahead and release it um, in America. We have your back. We, yeah, we we're are going, America. We're going to send out U.S. Marshals. We're going to send out Dershowitz said this National was Guard, whatever. Pearl Harbor against the First Amendment. That's powerfully put. And Barack Obama could have said, look, they're, they're threatening our core values. He, he, he can't say it because he doesn't believe it. But he's sitting in the, in, the, in, the, in the White House as American president. So he has to say that. Mm-hmm. So, look, I got, I got this. No, but that's the job to say, I got this. Right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the most powerful man on earth. Don't worry about that lowlife. Right. We're America. They've never bombed us. They've threatened to nuke us. They've threatened this. They've never done anything to us. We could blow them off the face of the earth. A, a, a rational president would say that. But what I'm saying is he's trying to get out of the – he's trying to walk away from that press conference – Without anyone pointing out the fact that, wait a minute, you can do something about this. Well, and moreover, what he seems to be doing, and let's keep listening because he's going to go back to this theme later, which is the issue of using this, this fact that Sony's been hacked. And again, I believe that our government is largely responsible for the fact that Sony's been hacked. They're Jonathan using it here. They're using it as a pretense yes, for taking right. control government control over the Internet, Listen, and not just within our country, but internationally. Healthcare, 30, what, in the 60s, they took over to some extent, right. and then they they destroyed it, and then now we have to do something. So they're trying to destroy the Internet in a lot of ways so they can fix it. Right. John says a proper president would be first in line to see the opening of the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, that, 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 that would be a, you know, heroic in a sense. Guys, we're Americans. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to let that low life I think, dictate I think us. Senator Ted Cruz should join my Facebook event to watch right. Team America. But not, with, not, 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 not with his kids, though. <laughs> not with his kids, it's no. Pretty no. It's and, pretty you know, here, Here's the other thing. I, I, wanted, I wanted to say this earlier. Um, I, when, when I talk about watching Team America, those of you who know Team America know that it is lewd and vulgar. I mean... 
It's, it is bad. It is so it's hilarious. Many so I, I want you to and also, the right people get it. I want you to also construe the word watch very creatively. Mm-hmm. All all I would think that we need to do well, to I'm make a watch point, it, right? You know, is, put, is, put wine or put wine. I mean, again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take like three or four hours. To Go watch right it. ahead. I'll see what? you the next day. Okay. No, but um, it's, but it no, is no, hilarious. No. Laugh is, out loud. All all you have to do is play, stream, whatever, this movie on some electronic yeah. device in your home oh, yeah. somewhere on or around Christmas to prove a point. If if you're easily offended, I actually would not recommend that you watch this movie. It's the point of it. Yeah. It is the point and of it. And also one thing, it's it's aimed at all the rats, all the scum, whether it's our enemies uh, internally, foreign enemies, and it really <laughs> not just puts them in their place. It destroys them. Now, Rob Abier is also here in the chat room, Blog Talk Radio. He says, did you see my link to the New York Times piece that says that it should be screened at the White House? Yes. And what he should do is he should have one of his star-studded events sure, at the White exactly House. Sure, exactly right. Mr. You know, Hollywood. He likes to have all these celebrities yeah, over. The, he should not be going on this Hawaiian vacation. He should be at the White House care. screening this movie with all of the stars. I mean, Rob Lowe has been one of the most awesome, outspoken yeah. people on the Internet about this issue. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the moral issue of Sony in a minute because I understand that there is some sympathy for what Sony's going through. Overall, I still judge that Sony is wrong. Even with a president like this, I think Sony is wrong Sorry. to have stopped the showings of, of the movie. Listen, you have to say, what's the acronym of Film Actors Guild, as Robert brings up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. The, <laughs> anyway, the acronym is okay. brought up. <laughs> I, I don't want to start the Team America. Oh, let's, man. Let's finish, uh, let's finish. It's outrageous. Let's finish with Obama um, here. Imagine if Instead of it being a cyber threat, somebody had broken into their offices. Put pause a second. Put pause, please. I'm sorry. It's not a matter. We're never going to get We are this. talking about Sony and North Korea threatening them. He keeps making scenarios that don't exist. Imagine meeting. We got to do something about this. Meeting the government, not stop North North Korea. We have to take control of the oh, internet. Right, right. But um, you know, I, anyway, virtual attacks are just as damaging and as phys- physical. What attacks. I'm I mean, saying here is he's not responding to this virtual attack. At all. No, no, He's virtually responded to it. Right. But keeps saying, well, imagine well, this, imagine let's, this. Let's just get through the rest and of it. And destroyed uh, a bunch of uh, computers and stolen these terrible discs. Discs. And Yeah. Is that what it takes for suddenly you to pull oh, the plug on something? Up. He's not making any sense now. No, he's, he totally he's lost drunk. His so brain. so uh, you know, we'll engage with not just the film industry, but the news industry and uh, the private sector uh, around these issues. We already have. We will continue to do so. Uh, we will engage means we will threaten. Yes. Okay, let's go on. But I think all of us have to anticipate occasionally there are going to be breaches like this. They're going to be costly. They're going to be serious. And what are you doing about uh, it? We take them uh, with the utmost seriousness. Really? I'm uh, so reassured. We can't so start reassured. changing our patterns of behavior any more than uh, we stop going to a football game because there might be uh, oh, the possibility. Man. I'm sorry. Can we, we don't uh, have of a terrorist us. attack. We don't. Yeah, but any more really than Boston didn't run its marathon this year because of the possibility that somebody uh, might try to cause harm. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this theme with yeah. Capstan's article in a little bit here. Let's not get into that. So he, I, I just want to keep letting him business. go on. Hey, but the response would be to yeah. this attack, and then so, also, would you consider 
He's taking some so sort now, of symbolic so now, like uh, watching the movie yourself. You're not going to listen? No, I've got a long list of movies I'm going to be watching. I can't. It's not essential. Uh, you know, I, I never released my my uh, full movie list. Um, so uh, so then they asked him, "Are you going to watch in the White House?" And he says, "Well, I never released my full movie list." But uh, let's let's talk of the specifics of of what we now know. Uh, the FBI announced today that, and and we can confirm that North Korea engaged in this attack. Now, he's doing this because he has no idea what to say now, and he's stalling for time. That's why he's telling you the news. He's like, oh, yeah, I got briefed on the news. Let me tell them that. He's, he's, he's thinking about his vacation right now. He is. He is. He's like, I'm, I'm in Hawaii. Don't bother me. Uh, I think it says something interesting about North Korea that they decided to have the state mount an all-out assault on a movie studio because of a satirical movie starring Seth Rogen. See, now he gets to make fun of North Korea and get a few laughs, and then they're on his side again, even though he was totally incoherent. And James Flacco. Uh, He's the virtual president. Yeah. I love Seth, and I love and I love uh, James. I, but the notion that that was a, a threat to them, I think, gives you some sense of, of uh, the kind of uh, regime we're talking about here. Uh, they caused a lot of damage. And... We will respond. Uh, we will respond proportionally, and we'll respond uh, in a place and time uh, and manner that we choose. Uh, it's not something that I will announce uh, here today at a press conference. Um, He's not, not going to announce that at a press conference, but he announces actual military engagements in press conferences, so he's not going to say what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. More oh, broadly, though, that. this points to the need for us to work now listen, here it goes. with the international community to start setting up some very clear rules of the road in terms of how the Internet and the control uh, cyber operates. We want to control, control the Internet control, all control. over the world. And now this is our excuse to do it. Uh, I mean, right he, now it's he's sort of wild than west. Kim Jong-un. Look, and part of the problem is, is you've got... He says, he says, right now it's the Wild West. Yeah, and we got Sheriff Barack And that's in. bad. It's that it's the Wild that's West. Right. The Internet should be the Wild West, sir. It should not uh, be regulated. states that can... Uh, the world where everyone was armed these kinds of attacks. Uh, you've got non-state actors that can do enormous damage. Uh, that's part of what makes uh, this issue of cybersecurity so urgent. Security. Uh, again, this is a part of the reason why it's going to be so important for Congress uh, to work with us and get a actual bill passed that allows for the kind of information Football sharing thing. we need. Uh, because when does he Congress invoke Congress? Congress must pass a bill to ensure, quote, Information sharing. If yes. that is not the most ominous yes. Orwellian statement. And he'll call it, I mean, this bill, whatever, that, that he'll probably bypass Congress and try to sign an executive order. It will, it will have the most benign name possible. Right. Cybercare. Well, and this is why yeah. on, no. well, let's we'll, we'll let him finish. If, if, if Actually, I don't, think, don't. I don't think he says anything Please. more useful. Yeah, we're, we're done. We're done. I, I will spare you the last 20 seconds or so <laughs> of Barack Obama. But but you see that right? So he, you know he he starts out and basically oh yeah Sony made a mistake even though it's his fault. Um, he starts calling for more control. He then doesn't have any idea what the hell he he's talking he had, about. He pretends he had no communication with Sony, him or his people. He pretends he pretends, lies. Right. He lied. 
And so, yes, the next place... He didn't tell Sony, in other words, I got your back, do what you do, I'll do what I do. He didn't tell him that. No, and so the, the very next place we need to go is over to the Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook, where, like I said, Rob Abiera helpfully shared with me, and i got to find that post. One second. Remember, remember Barack Obama yeah, talking about torture and how horrific it was, how horrific we are, more or less, remember? Right. And then who was he sanctioned the other day? Torturers, terrorists, thugs, scum in Cuba. Yep. I think Rush brought that up, or maybe Levin recently also. Yeah, so thanks, Rob, for sharing this Breitbart article with me. It's Sony response to Obama. Actually, we did call the White House. Yes. Silver at Breitbart, and it was written by John Nolte. It says, and the guy's bugged. Friday during his end-of-the-year news conference, Barack Obama admonished Sony Pictures for canceling the Christmas Day release. He went on to say that if the company had called him, he would have told him to stick by the movie. Sony responded later that same day saying they did, in fact, reach out to the White House. The Sony Pictures CEO, Michael Linton, reacted to the comment. Uh, he says, quote, we definitely spoke to a senior advisor in the White House to talk about the situation. The fact is, did we talk to the president himself? The White House was certainly aware of the situation. Oh, so that's how Obama's going to get out of it? Yes, He's going to parse the word and say, well, I didn't talk to them. No, his administration is his administration. They speak. He knows who, who they're speaking to. The fact is, he's done nothing here. Done nothing. Americans have been threatened yep. by a dictator. And Barack Obama thinks he can get away with not doing anything about it. And he can in a lot of ways. They won't call him on it. No one in a press conference said, Mr. President, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? Don't worry about these scenarios that that's trying to create. Now, what are you going to do? This is unacceptable. And all, and all he says is, we're going to do something proportional, and I'm not going to tell you what it is now. Now, what does that even mean, the proportional also? Meaning what? Well, proportionality is a so-called From principle his, of just war yes, theory. So you're supposed to do only things to them that are proportional to what they this. did to you. They initiated And we this. know that if America really wanted to, they could do ten times the damage Absolutely that these hackers right. did and to Sony. And he doesn't care to. And, and in fact... That is often what you should do Absolutely. in order to eliminate further threats. They initiated right? this. Yeah. You know, we're not supposed to be balanced here. And I mean, if they initiate something, they, two times as bad, ten times. Do you believe this guy will have his misstate of the union next month? I know. Weeks I know. from now? Now, we do have a call over here, and I'm going to take it in just a second. But I wanted to just kind of say a word about blaming Sony versus blaming the president. Certainly... We have a government right now that is not protecting Sony. And in fact, if Edward Snowden is to be believed, and I believe he is, that our government is actually building back doors into things so that hackers like these North Korean hackers can exploit them. Yep. And they have created uh, part of the problem here. So... Our, you know, if you've got a government that's not doing its job, and then Sony has to decide, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to cave in the face of this threat from North Korea? And, and you know, it, I, I would say myself, I blame them. And, and here's the reason why. And this is this is the analogy that I was thinking of. And, and some people were bringing up this issue of, you know, do you defend yourself against an armed robber? for example. And a lot of people, I think, rightfully say, no, if you have an armed robber in an alley who comes up with a gun and he says, your money or your life, you give him the money huh. 
and you let him go unless about his way. Unless there's a circumstance where you know you can get it. Well, let's just say nine, nine times out of ten, yes, it's not worth it. No, no, no. I mean, if you're in a situation, I mean, hey, you've got black belt and <laughs> jujitsu or something. Or else. if you're bulletproof. Krav yeah. Maga, if you get black belts <laughs> in that, I guess I, you know a lot of people do this. Okay, fine. But, it, you know, this isolated incident and you say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give the money over. I don't blame somebody for that. But if you are in a situation like Sony is where you have the resources to defend yourself against a threat, which I believe that they Absolutely. could have, they could have said, look, we're going to send private security to all of these theaters. All, this, all, all, all these theaters, and we're going to demand our government to protect us, have a press conference about it, to remind our government it's their job to protect us, whether they, right. whether they want to or not. Right. It's their damn so they, job. So they could have either used their platform to demand that Absolutely. the government provide the physical protection. They could have hired tell, private Tell their security. actors to go out there but, and, and push the issue. But right, but here, here's the thing. I think that this situation is unlike that situation because I believe right now – we are left open and vulnerable due to a leadership vacuum, thanks Barack Obama. And then the question is, do we want to allow ourselves to be intimidated? It's true that, properly speaking, our government should be providing this protection. Given that it isn't, if Sony caves, is it acting in its own long-term self-interest? And I think Sony is not acting in its own long-term self-interest because it's not just some isolated robber. These are people who are doing this based on the content of what it is, and they have a particular agenda. And we can already tell that what Sony did in pulling the interview from the theaters hasn't worked. Why? Because what did they do? They came back with even further yes, demands they more or less right said, away. Good boy, good boy. Yeah. Now you're going to destroy every remnant of that film. And if right. you don't, you know, we have we have some more backup stuff. Yeah. You know, but you made an analogy earlier, actually, about the gun. You know, the, the, the gun that comes up, give me money. And then someone else making a deal with them. Okay, I'm going to come every month now. You mean? Well, right, right, right. So, so, so instead, what, what this situation is more like is it's more like Tony Soprano's mafia is coming over asking you for protection money. And if you give them protection money week after week after, basically you're just letting the mafia rule. And if you want to live in that kind of universe, okay, that's your world. But otherwise, you've got to figure out some way to fight back. Otherwise, this is going to be your long-term situation. Also, the the isolated robber in the alley yeah. is is another thing. You know, and and here and here's the thing too. I mean, it's you know, it's they're not exactly like the mafia because I think that Sony could muster the resources to effectively. I think so too. This. Yeah. I think it's too. Money, I mean, what, billion, I mean, you have billionaires and also in terms of security and also in terms of making George Clooney and others go out there and make, you know, go up publicly. Our government exists to protect us, bottom line. They have no choice but to do that. They can have actors go out there and act their ass off and pretend that they actually mean that and go out there. I'm, I'm, I'm saying again and again and again, right. go on Fox News, go on CNN, go everywhere, remind the American people, we've been threatened. Our government has not done anything about it. Right. We, we're going to be who we're going to be. We are a film studio. We release films, theaters. We're going to do what we do, and the government has to do what they do. And again, if I were to wait for a decent, rational, rights-respecting government, I wouldn't do what I do. I wouldn't have created pigmen. Uh, people who speak out against Islam would shut their trap today. You have to. I can't exist in a world where well, until the government's perfect, I'm not going to I'm I'm going to shut my trap. I'm not going to tell the truth because that, you know, certain truths that I tell might get me killed. 
because I know the government doesn't have my back. That's a pathetic existence. I can't imagine being in, in that situation and just thinking about that. The idea that I gotta, I gotta really be I mean, very, again, very careful again, about what I say and who I say, you know, about and this and that, because our government right. is corrupt. Right. I mean, the 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 parties here who are primary to blame are, of course, the North Koreans and our government for defaulting and putting us in such a situation through both the co- the computer vulnerabilities and not defending and us. us, knowing However, that Barack, right. we knew Barack Obama wouldn't do anything, and he's not doing anything. Right. We knew that. But what I'm saying is here is nobody's out there of any major influence saying, calling him on it. Say, this guy, he is, you know, he's... Uh, Defaulting it, on it, his job. It's dereliction of duty. Right. He has to protect us. doesn't matter if he doesn't want to or he doesn't feel like it. That doesn't matter. If, you know, his job, regardless of why he wanted the job to destroy us, his job is to protect us. And you need someone, someone of absolute influence. You need a Clint Eastwood out there. You need from the studios. You need George Clooney. You need some individuals out there again and again and again and again to remind the American, pub, the American public. We, our government exists to protect us. Well, and I'm sure Obama's half-hearted, totally incoherent calling for more legislation response to the question was a little bit influenced by the Cloonies and whoever no have been it. bugging him over the last couple of days. But, but it was happening. You know, again, the thing that is the scariest is that they're going to use this as a pretense for yeah. more legislation for taking over. They use the not, they use the mass murder of Americans as a pretense to take over to have more control. Nine eleven. They exactly. use everything that happens to us. Oh, good, we can get more power. Well, and as and as Snowden reminded us, everybody in the in the Cato thing last Friday, he says once the government sets up a program. The chance of them giving it out and let right. basically rest it out of their hands. Kicking he didn't say it screaming. exactly like that. Kicking but and screaming. I think we're going to have to leave it to the courts to actually scale all this back because but do you by legislation saying, they're not doing it. In terms at all. of going out there and reminding, because a lot of us have forgotten this, we accept this fact that our government's corrupt and they won't protect us. That is intolerable. That is intolerable, and it has to be said so well, again and again with in, highly influential people. I mean, it has to be. I mean, I know that we say, I know objectors right. say, but. I'm saying the people who are being threatened, like George Clooney right now, now he's coming out. If it was for something else, who knows? It, it, did he come out for, for Dinesh D'Souza? Did he? When he was attacked? Yeah, when he right. was thrown? You know, no, yeah. he didn't. So he picked and chose his spots. No, of course. That's what people do. Let's go ahead and try and take this caller who's been hanging on for a while. Hi, who's this? Hey, Amy. It's Ed. How are you? I'm doing fine, I, and I can actually hear you better, I think, than the last time we had a call. How, how's it going? I don't know why that's the case. It's the same iPhone I used the last time. Anyway, I think we solved the torture problem. All we do is we take the detainees and we play all of Obama's press conferences to them on the loop at very high volume. Yeah, but they might die. And we if, need they, the if they might, if they won't talk after like an hour of that, then I mean they're really hardened. That's right. Okay. Uh, so, yes, torture solved. Don't ever do that to us again. We're your audience. We love you. We give you money. Yeah. I don't blame you. That was, that was too much. It's Christmas. Yes. It is, but I mean that That's was to, to to me that was so scary. What was that not scary? Yeah. I mean uh, it was, yeah, it was I mean, scary was, uh, in content, not just in form. <laughs> if there is any content to that man's brain, one wonders sometimes. Uh, he, yeah, off the teleprompter, he's just deadly. Oof. He is. 
Yes. And he so was a couple, lost. couple things. A couple things I want to comment on. Uh, number one, uh, Snowden is right. The NSA has gone in and tried to uh, adjust some of the encryption standards for the Internet to make them more susceptible to NSA attacks. This is primarily with SSL, but others. Um, this particular attack, this particular hack, does not seem to have relied on that kind of vector. It, it appears, from what I've been able to gather, um, to be uh, either guessing or coercing or purchasing the password of a system administrator at Sony and then using that to dump all of the uh, mail files from, you know, their senior executives, which they get put on the Internet. So it does not, see, it does not, does not appear to be, uh, you know, NSA enabled, although the NSA does, in fact, enable the enemies. Uh, you know, it's funny, the, when the NSA was set up, it was set up with two missions. The first, make our codes unbreakable, and the second, to break the enemy's codes. And right. uh, they've, they've completely thrown away their number one mission, make, make our codes unbreakable in uh, this effort to, uh, um, to, to tap all communication. So that's, that's sort of bad. Um, collect it all, right? Yeah, collect it all. Yeah, I have a funny story uh, to tell about that. I won't tell you now. It requires alcohol. It's too late at night. Um, but I do have a collect it all funny story for you. Sometime when I'm in Southern California, I'll take you out to dinner and I'll tell you the funny story. But um, second, the it, it is funny that the North Koreans has taken so long to figure out that they can basically get away with this sort of uh, censorship. Right. Um, when the when the Muslims have been doing it for you know twelve thirteen years now, uh, except for a very few people, the Robert Spencers, the Bosch Bostons, uh, in of the world who just won't put up with it anymore. And uh, the Koreans, unlike the Muslims, where they do have, you know, lone wolves and agents all throughout the world, the North Koreans don't have anything. The North Koreans Right, right. And this is this is put, one thing that I was thinking of too, is like you know, okay yeah, they're all there's these hackers over there in North Korea sitting at some computers. Um, yeah, well, what, cap what capability do they have to actually execute any sort of physical attack at movie theaters in the United States? I would say basically none. Zero. Yeah, they probably weren't in North Korea, right? Because I don't think. Well, right. um, I don't think the North Koreans have uh, access to the internet in such a way that they could potentially get away get away with that. They're probably in South Korea or Japan, but they, you know, they have zero capability of doing anything to the United States. But when the theater chains pulled the movie, Sony had the opportunity. This came out today. Sony had the opportunity to do a limited screening in certain theaters that didn't go, that whose, you know, whose heads did not have, uh, you know, emasculated uh, testicles, <laughs> and they chose not to. Right. Uh, so, so, so I mean, part of it is the heads of the theater chains, the Cinemarks, the the you know United Artists, the ANCs, they they sort of said we're not going to do that because we can't provide security, and the federal government can't provide security for every theater in America. That's that's just insane. I mean, the federal government doesn't have enough people 
to do half the job they need to do, much less provide security at theaters. Um, nevertheless, it was uh, it was very cowardly of Sony to sort of give up on the limited release. Um, right. And, and really, no. I mean, again, and again. Well, here's here's the thing, Ed. I mean, do you do you agree with me that the issue is this? You know, capitulation by Sony, even though it's mostly the fault of our government. Nonetheless, I would say it's still not in Sony's long-term self-interest to have capitulated the way they did. Yeah, I agree. I think the publisher of Salman Rushdie's book uh, behaved a little bit more. Um, a, a little bit with more inte- integrity at the time. Not that he was supported by either the governments of Britain or the United States, yep. um, but they they at least they at least behaved better, and I think Sony should have. And of course, all your criticisms of Obama are uh, true. Now, the the other issue that I don't think people understand, and I'm going to give you the two minute story of it because it's a very long story, but. Um, the Korean Peninsula is like a hostage situation. This is why a two-bit dictator like Kim Jong-il can dictate policy to the United States, whereas somebody like Saddam Hussein, you know, we could take out, or any of these other crazy dictators, you know, we could take out in a couple of weeks. We could, in fact, take out uh, the North Korean regime, you know, in a few weeks as well. The military is that strong. Unfortunately, the North Koreans have thousands, literally thousands, of artillery pieces, some tube artillery, some rocket artillery, uh, behind the DMZ sort of dug into the ground in, in caves. And mm. uh, w- the, the way, they, the way they, the, their operational concept is they open the blast doors of these, you know, uh, uh, underground facilities, they roll out the artillery, they shoot two or three rounds at the South Korean capital of Seoul, which is well within range of this artillery fire, then they put them back into the uh, the underground facility, close the doors in case you know counter battery fire or U.S. or Korean air air attacks come. And the the thinking is that this these artillery pieces could last for weeks before they were all rooted out and destroyed. And you know you can, it's hard to destroy with artil- with counter battery fire because they're kind of on the back side of the mountains instead of the front side so you kind of kind of a, a, got to attack them from the north and it it's very very complicated and so the estimates are tens of thousands of Seoul residents would be killed in this um in, in the first stages of the second Korean war and mm. because of this 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 capability that the North Koreans have set up and thus the whole Korean Peninsula is this hostage situation. Is that, you know, the, the bank robber has the hostages in the bank, and what do you do? Well, right. of course, you could just go shoot the bank robbers, you know. You'd lose all the hostages, but you'd kill the bank robbers. And you don't. You talk to them. You try and, you know, and, uh, like, our government is craven and awful, and I hate the way they deal with people like this. But there is a situation here that most people don't understand that makes it more of a hostage situation and less of a, you know, conventional military threat like like Saddam uh, posed or, or someone else. So that's yeah, one so, of the so especially, especially in the era of just war theory where we say collateral damage of the enemy civilian population is practically unacceptable in any circumstances, we're not going to do it. 
Yeah, well, that would be South Korean. You know, it's collateral damage of, of, of our own friends. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. Because you're saying South Koreans. Yeah, South Koreans. Yeah. Right. And they're, yeah, yeah. And they, they're, they're clearly, I mean, whereas, like, for instance, if you carpet bomb in Germany in World War II, there were some innocent people who were killed in those attacks. But it's less clear because obviously they're mingled among a lot of Nazi sympathizers. Whereas in this situation, you're saying uh, that yeah. you, we we know that there's a whole population there that's going to be damaged. Uh, of innocent good guys. Exactly, and, and, innocent you know, good people. Our our allies. I mean, I, I've met some allies. South Koreans while I've been traveling, and they are awesome. So they are. They are. I've met a ton of them there uh, uh, a lot in school. Um, because they come over here for school, and uh, right. they're uh, they're universally good people. So I, I don't. Well, want and there's a there's a lot of North Koreans who killed. are simply enslaved, right? So yeah. Well, I don't care about the North Koreans, as far as I'm concerned, right? Because you know, right. I, I don't care about casualties on the North Korean side. That's and I, I don't particularly think the South Koreans do either, but they do care about casualties. And if you know, if you've seen Seoul, there's 20 million people. It's got this right. big city. It's you know, and it's It'll it'll look like Beirut after about two weeks of war with the North. Uh, so uh, that's the real issue. That's why they can like sink South Korean naval ships and nothing happens, or you know kill a bunch of South Koreans, come over the border and kill a bunch of South Koreans, go back and nothing happens. It's because of this this you know threat that. So basically, lingers. what you're saying is we we need a Steve Jobs of warfare to figure out how to eradicate the North Korean regime without damaging South Korea. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, yeah. I think the, the, the plan from Eisenhower forward is let's wait these guys out. They can't last forever. As we've seen, that plan doesn't really work. And uh, we saw it again well, in I mean, Cuba this week. Yeah, I was going to say, look what uh, we're doing with Cuba this week. We're going to normalize relations with Cuba when nothing has changed in Cuba. Yeah. I, of course, the, you know, the, I, I'm very sympathetic to the whole, um, you know, the embargo didn't work um, because, you know, clearly it didn't work. Um, on the other hand, if we were going to lift the embargo, we should be able to get something from the Cubans. Yeah, get the casters out. No, no, get the casters out, throw them in jail, and then say, okay, we lift the embargo now. You know, we wanted you not to be in power. Now you're not in power. And they give a chance. Yeah, well, give the Cubans in Cuba a chance. Allegedly, the CIA has tried hundreds of times to kill those bastards, and they've failed every single time. I don't know quite why that is, but because because uh, presidents don't want to kill them because they don't they don't be responsible for that. Well, of course, we could take them out. Yeah, you would think they've yeah. tried. They just haven't gotten. They've said so they, I, yeah, I, I just, they've said they tried. It's just preemptive weakness on on Obama's part. He 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 says. It, you know, it's yeah, after the midterm election, so he doesn't have to get elected before uh, elected again. And it's going like, okay, we're just going to do this uh, with Cuba, and uh, because the far left has, you know, they really want the Castro regime to, you know, to thrive. And uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, terrible actor! I hate him. Loves Castro. Oh God. There's a number of them. There yeah. Is. Anyway, he, he was he was one who who had some tweet retweeted today that uh, you know uh, condemning Sony for caving and it's like yeah you can love the Castro I thought you would love the Kim Jong Il 
I got I wish I could remember his name, but they're all they're all they're all terrible. All these well, and these these yeah, they're uh-huh. they're not at all ideologically consistent at all. Um, any anything else before we go on to the the Cuba topic? So you say with Cuba that you are in favor of having some trade with Cuba. Well, see, I think we could set up a deal. I, I mean, nothing's perfect, right? But suppose we say you can trade with private firms in Cuba. Well, there are hardly okay. any private firms in Cuba. But suppose we said any firm that's at all owned by the government or has a government interest in, you can't trade with it, but you can trade with private firms in Cuba. That's possibly something that might help. Um, you know, I do I do object to some of the commentators who say, well, if we only trade with them, they'll see all the things of the West and they'll and they'll turn capitalist. That's economic determinism. That's well, that and, and how has Marxism. how has that worked? Has that worked with China, do you think? I mean, that's what we're trying with China. Do you think that's working? Partially. Yeah, yeah pockets of freedom. Partially. The, the South the South is pretty independent of the government. It, pretty independent of the central government. And uh, the, the Beijing kind of is riding that tiger, uh, hoping that it doesn't throw them off. Um, but, I mean, I mean this, this, you know, this... The thing you're concerned with is you're concerned about Cuba is allied with Iran. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, no, Venezuela? You name the bad guy. Cuba is allied. Exactly. So why, <laughs> are, why, why, why do we want to trade with a country where a lot of the benefit of that trade is going to go to a regime that is our enemy, allies with our enemy? It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't, didn't don't agree with trading with you know Iran or North Korea or, or uh, you know any of the other horrible uh, countries in the world. Um, but I, I do think after 50 years of uh, of this embargo, it's perhaps time to be a little bit more strategic in our thinking, and perhaps time to say, well, you know, let's let's allow trade with private entities in Cuba. And if they don't have any private entities, they won't, there won't be any trade. But if there are private entities, maybe they'll do it. Now, of course, once the private entities get to be too big, the government would just nationalize them, but then they would lose any trade. So I, I don't know. I mean, that might be some sort of thing that you, we could do that, that might help. Well, or then they, they would just go over to the fascist, the, the fascist side, or they would – you know, tax those private entities to a certain extent. I mean, we have taxes here, so who would we be to say that, oh, they can't tax the private entities, the nominally private entities? So they would tax and regulate those, you know, nominally private entities, and it would be, in effect, the same thing that we're going to do now. I mean, what I would not do, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to have some sort of embassy, but I certainly want to want, want to give them aid. I'm just thinking that this entire thing is altruistic. You know that the he's uh, it's Obama feeling bad for the suffering Cubans, but if you feel bad for the well, suffering well, Cubans, not. why no, not they, just no, well, actually? Well, well, he's not. Yeah. They don't matter. I mean, to him, you, you think about dictatorships. Who besides Kim Jong Un? Kim Jong Un, do you know in North Korea, name wise, personality, something? Who? Well. Obama has no, given, paid lip service to the dissidents, what for I, example. What I'm saying is they don't matter. The only one that matters is Kim Jong-un, as far as Obama's concerned, and are the are the Castros. That's the only ones that we know about. We know that there are victims there. Obama doesn't give a rat's ass about them. 
according I've, to what Rod says, he I, created I've heard, in America. Ed, Ed, correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard that there are about 2,500 dissidents in prison in Cuba, and in exchange for whatever this deal is that we're doing, they've released only 50. Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. And the 2,500, right, is 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 that we know about, right? Right. That's right. You know. That's the same with the Soviet Union. These are not nice people. The so we're, we're getting we're getting nothing dictators. in exchange for this deal. That's right. And we're so getting nothing now. If we got something, there would maybe the calculus would change again because I, I think the, the embargo really hasn't hasn't worked. But uh, we didn't get anything, so it just it's clearly just another preemptive surrender on the we part of Obama. Two bullets, take them out, and then say, <laughs> "Okay, Cubans, now's your chance." Yeah, where's James? Where's James Bond, you know, when you really need him, right? Yeah, really, what the hell? Um, Jack Bauer, let's go there. Have a cigar and then blow the ring right. <laughs> So I'm going to let you go, so but I did, I, I did kind of, I, I don't want to talk about it today because it's too late, but uh, I did send you a kind of a, a, a modest dissenting email on the whole torture program last week. I just want to make sure that you got it. I, I did get it, and I will have to give it a closer scrutiny. And I have I had also people complaining about my my stated view on torture <laughs> on don't let it go unheard. I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll say something brief uh, off the air here, but uh, thanks for calling, Ed. And I will, uh, off the air, go ahead, or not off the air, but off the phone with you, say something briefly about this. The, the issue with torture is highly contextual, and it is in the state of war when you would be using it. And you would be using it against people who are undeniably, undeniably at war with your country. So what I would have, because again, it's torture is a very serious thing. I mean, it's either as bad or maybe even worse than the death penalty. I would say worse, right? Again, I just am fresh off of my rereading of 1984, where the torture was definitely worse than death. These people would prefer to have, have died probably, except, you know, and not experienced that pain. So you would have the same sort of standard of proof. Is this person as guilty? You know, are we are we sure about this person's guilt as we are about the guilt of somebody that we're going to put to death? I mean, that is the worst thing in the world to make a mistake that you've got the wrong guy. But if you know you have the right guy and you know that the guy that you have, I mean, there, there's there are all these ifs, right? You know you've got the right guy, 100%, 99.5%. I mean, you're really, really sure that you know this is the guy. So you like you took the guy out of the Sydney Lint Cafe, right? You actually extracted the guy. You know it's him. He didn't have any chance to run, and then you capture somebody who looked like him. It's him. You capture the bastard, and you suspect that he's got some information that is useful to you. He is part of a concerted effort to bring down your regime and your way of life. You know, regime, whatever, <laughs> your government and your way of life. We'll call it regime because we, we have Obama here, yeah, right? we have a regime. But, um, you know, so, so there, this guy is clearly at war with you. He's clearly the guy. He's got information that can help you eliminate the threat that you are justified in eliminating in your war. And, and here's the other big if, you could torture him to get that information from him. Okay, If all these things are true, I don't care what you do to that guy. Absolutely not. 
Okay. The point is to rip because information out of him to save lives. He's the bad guy. So, you know, I shared... Torturing terrorists I, saves I shared, lives. Yeah, I shared on my Facebook page... Killing <laughs> the, terrorists the, saves the lives. The Ramirez cartoon. The Ramirez nah. cartoon is classic, right? You've got a drawing of one of the jumpers at 9-11, one of the people who had to jump off the building. They felt they had to jump off the building because they were going to be fried in the building because of the burning that happened after the planes hit. Horrible. And you've got a news reporter asking the person on the way down, how do you feel about you know yeah. the extreme the measures that were used to interrogate the people who perpetrated it? No, it's brilliant. And further, furthermore, it makes the because that's a suicidal attitude, and that reporter right. will die also. So you know, no, no, but no, but think about it. That reporter who's asking that question, just technically in that one cartoon, he'll die also because that's a suicidal position to have. Exactly. You know what I mean, that's for a right. culture, for the individual. No, himself. which which makes it even falling. a better cartoon. It's brilliant. Yes, absolutely brilliant. By the way, I met Michael Ramirez. I mean, that guy is he's great. And, and he's, he, and he's and like he's a nice guy too. He's right? a great guy. Yeah, yeah. We spent a nice time in uh, Texas recently. So that was that was great. That's awesome. Um, but I mean, that cartoon is exactly right. So when it's brilliant. you, so when you, absolutely brilliant. So when you talk about, I mean, some people were talking about, well, there isn't due process. Okay, I'm talking about a situation either, maybe if you have the opportunity to have some due process. Okay, fine, have some sort of a procedure where all of those things that I just laid out are, you know, are true. Again, you're in a state of war. He is part of the enemy that is actively working to destroy you and your way of life, right? Um, he's got the information. Someone suggests here that it doesn't work, and that's what a lot of politicians have said also, and a lot of them are lying. Because the fact is, uh, the CIA individuals who did it overseas, whatnot, yeah, they say, we did get information, we did find out about certain missions that they had, and we stopped them. Right. Well, and Torturing them, killing them saves lives. Well, and, that, and that's Whatever, really right. The point is this, whatever it takes, that's the point. If you talk to them and they and they give up information, great. I mean, fine. Yeah, I mean, I would I I'd look at the studies and I'd say, okay, does it work? But if you can get information and if it truly is that bastard, right? Then yeah. So again, imagine you were able to pull that guy out of the Sydney siege, you know, the, the at the cafe, and it's that guy. Do you care what the hell happens to that guy? Yes, absolutely not. And no. that's, and that's yeah. the whole point. If, if, if you he's got, a piece of crap. If you got relevant information I mean, look, from that guy. He's a piece of crap who might have some useful information to save human life. So we're, we're talking to save human lives. People who deserve but, the death penalty and worse than the death penalty. And you know it's them. There's no doubt about it. So that that's kind of my, my proviso on, uh, but, you know, like on the a, torture issue. Again, Frank and Feinstein tried to sympathize with beheaders. Had, I mean, this is who she tried to sympathize. She tried to sympathize them. We don't do that. We're better than that. Um, that's not part of our values, torturing or not torturing. Our values, our main value is life. And if we're going to gut that guy for information to save life, <laughs> then that's what you got to do. You don't not do that. You do that. To hell with that piece of crap who dreams of killing us all. So what? Yeah. Anyway, one last thing. I just want to say, uh, Durka Durka, Muhammad Allah Jihad, Haka Sherpa Sherpa Bakala. That's all. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to find out. You do. You have to find out. Do join the event. I put the link over here in the chat room. Actually, the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio is moving to such an extent that I'm going to need to put it again. But I'm putting the event link over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio Join the event. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us to 
watch Team America semi simultaneously. Maybe what we should do is we should do a mystery science kind of theater. Could we end off with? Uh, oh, you want to you want to play a little bit of that? Maybe end, end off with it or no? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's great. Can we? If you if you want to play a little bit of I'll it, do. go right ahead. Okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have a brief intermission courtesy of Bosch Fossen. DJ today. Just just play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me see if I've got some sound over here. You want some volume? America. Oh no. Louder. Yeah. Just the part. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Oh man. That is <laughs> evil. That just it's just <laughs> it's great. So it's funny. No, but it, it, it's it's the ultimate. I don't know. To but, me, but it's, okay. It's, so so if you listen to that, that is why I say we use the word watch rather loosely, as well as we use <laughs> the term Christmas rather loosely in this schedule event. If something like that offends you, and I would completely understand if it does. So yes, yeah, so it's outrageous. Just put it on. Don't watch it. You'll be tempted, but you don't have to watch it. And, but you'll be tempted. And you know they <laughs> deliberately make cheesy songs in there. I mean, deliberate cheesy songs, like love songs. They try to make like a Michael Bay parody. That's what the film is more or less based on. And they have uh, they, they mock uh, Ben Affleck, you know, yeah. about him having to go to acting school. And I mean, it's really funny. And then remember when they turned him into some terrorist and they had to. Uh, they, oh, yeah. Remember, well, remember don't, then, don't, don't give away anyway. stuff. Don't give away more stuff in any event. Join, uh, join our little Facebook event. I think you will have some fun if you do. And oh god, pe- people are sharing little links over here in the chat room. <laughs> yeah. Blog Talk Radio. Ben Affleck sucked in Pearl Harbor. That's right. That was one of the verses. Uh, What's with that one? Was? Now, no. The the other thing that I did want to just touch on a bit because it affected me a lot earlier in the week was the Sydney siege. Yeah. And yeah. I was watching. I mean, again through the power of the internet, I was watching live, live right. yeah, live right. news coverage from Sydney. And one thing that struck me as completely pathetic, and one of the things I had thought about doing for the show this week was, what would a proper president have done this week, right? And when I was watching the Sydney news coverage, the announcers were talking about, you know, and they were saying, oh well, this has become something of international importance. And then they said, oh, well, the head of, I, I don't know if they call it the president or the prime minister of India. I'm sorry that I'm ignorant about the political landscape, but whoever was. Well, prime head, minister sometimes. But, yeah. prime, but prime India, the, the leader in uh, New Zealand, they had actually given statements of sympathy for the people in Sydney who were under attack. And then what did they say about our country? They said. We have received a statement that President Obama has been briefed right, about this. Right, right. President Obama has been briefed. Not uh-huh. that President Obama actually gave a statement anything. of any sort of Support sympathy. Of, of, anything? No, no, no. He was briefed about yeah. it. Okay, well, that's really worth reporting. I don't know. Um, I was horrified at the idea that somebody who declared himself to be a Muslim and had a violent criminal background yep. was on the street. Who hated Australia. 
would try, you know, he spoke out against it as much as he possibly could. There's despise a, the country. There's a politician, I think it's, is, is his name Alex Hawk or something? He's a member of the parliament in Australia, I think. He said something strong or no? Well, I he, know that Tony Abbott, the the, uh, the prime minister, whatever. Oh, no. He said, uh, it has nothing to do with any religion. Blah, blah, blah. Same crap. And this guy's oh. supposed to be a tough guy. But uh, this this member of their legislature, he had expressed surprise at the idea that someone like this could be out on bail. How could he have been out and not in prison, not deported, yeah. not anything? The idea that somebody with this ideology could actually just be out and free, that was he horrible. He just butchered two individuals. And, you know, you think about, you know, there's one thing about these... These and, and it small, could have been a lot more. Oh, absolutely it, it right. It could have been more if they had But you think about they these did. small murders. You get to know their name and their and their faces and, and their background, and it's just it's a little more tough to swallow. You know, the mass murders we don't know them. We know a few here, but what I'm saying is, you get this. You, you find out this woman had three children. You find out the other guy. I think I think 38 years old, 34 years old. This scumbag just followed his religion to his logical conclusion and butchered them. And the pol- the politician who's supposed to protect these people is protecting Islam, as is always the case with Western right. politicians, except for Hurt Wilders. He's the only guy. And Ted Cruz hasn't said anything good about Islam, but you know the jury's still out, so we'll see. And by the way, Rand Paul, uh, he's just he's bad. Are, are, Very bad when it talk, comes to Islam. You t- oh, you're talking about Islam? Yes. Yeah, well, I was going to go on to um, Mark Tapson wrote an article for Front Page Magazine this week, and it's called, Has the West Lost the Will to Live? Hmm. And he's talking about this phenomenon, and Obama was giving lip service to it a little bit, the idea that you're just supposed to go on with business as usual and accept these sort of attacks That's as a way of life. We, I mean, our job is to protect you, to limit those attacks as much as we possibly can. Right. But instead, deal with it. And um, there's a guy named Jack Engelhard. He writes a weekly column for an Israeli publication called Arut Shiva. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. Arut Shiva. I've probably totally hacked it. I'm probably. very sorry. But this is this is what he writes. He says, "Are Israelis getting too used to this?" Is this a case of Israelis proving that nothing can stop them? Or is this a case of Israelis accepting their fate as sheep doomed to be slaughtered? When will it end? How can it end? When no matter what happens, everything is back to normal, quote unquote. And, and the idea is that, you know, they, Israelis have been suffering these horrible attacks and then they take pride in the idea that the next week everything is back to normal and right. is it a case where we just say, oh, well, this is how our life's going to be? And isn't it going to be the same way here in the West eventually, in Sydney, here in the United States, where well, we just think that somehow this is something we're supposed to sit by? So one answer that he had, of course, was to reject Islam and to recognize that, you know, you don't sit there and protect this ideology right. that you. is motivating the people who are, are bringing the attacks upon you. But well, this is Mark Tapson. Right. This is, this is Mark Tapson. Um, you know, he, that in what uh, Engelhardt said is he said that he wished for Israel. And this is what we should be doing. Uh, let our blood quote, be exceptional and be cause for nausea and trembling among our enemies. Meaning if it's spilt. Yes. Yeah. 
showed the jihadists that there will be no more business-as-usual capitulation and that they can expect us to unleash hell in retaliation for a single drop of Western Again, blood. Muslims are counting on us being civilized, being altruistic. They're counting on us not being them. That's, that's what they're counting on, and it's, it's working. Right. We're not doing what needs to be done to them, and they're, they're counting on it for their survival. They're counting on it to, to defeat us, ultimately. They don't have that. They don't, they, they don't have that critical problem, that suicidal problem. They're, you know, they want to kill. They don't want to die. Well, they'll die and kill at the same time. But right. in a lot of ways, I mean, that cartoon to me, Michael Ramirez, again, the reporter's asking the individual American who's jumping from the towers, hey, uh, what do you, you think about these uh, you know, interrogations? And again, that, that reporter is going to die also. Just, if, if you take that seriously, I mean, right, it's right. outrageous. But and just think, we've, we've, suicidal. we've released the torture memo last week. And as Tafson is reminding us here, we have a president, a president in our country who actually announced to the world that, quote, the future must not belong to those who slander yep. the prophet of Islam, right. end quote. And Tapson writes this. He says, that buries at, free speech. He says, at the rate that we're going, it won't. He says, at the rate that we're going, the future will not belong yes. to those who slander the prophet of right. Islam. He says, one thing is certain. He says, the future will belong to the culture that is not hamstrung by cultural self-doubt, that is not mired in apologetic self-abasement, that is not burdened by historical guilt induced through decades of politically correct indoctrination and that burns with a will to win no matter how long it takes or what it costs. The future will belong to the lions, he says, not the lambs. I mean, that's excellent. Excellent. I mean, so bravo, Mark Tapson. Can I just say, he introduced me in the first talk I gave. Yeah. That was a great honor. I mean, Mark's great. And that's uh, that's excellent. 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 Also. Just one thing about politicians and Islamophilia. Mm -hmm. The latest is uh, Rand Paul now is on a – I think he's campaigning to be Islamophile in chief mm. because last time he said Islam is not, not the problem, okay? Now he says there's – he just created a new Islam misnomer. It's called civilized Islam. He says the long-term victory is going to require allies who are part of the civilized Islamic world. Where is that? That's in Rand Paul's mind, which is a majority of the Muslim world, he says. The majority of the Muslim world is civilized. Now, I don't think he watched. Remember Ben Shapiro did that video? Yes. Where Absolutely he right. took the Pew Research polls. I mean, it is a damning, he told you damning video. that I would think 60% plus of the people in the Muslim world have support. ideas of supporting They might violence, not act on it, Sharia, but they sure as hell support it. And this idiot goes out there, but they have to step up because, okay, say about Muslims, but the, the civilized Muslims, now, they've never stepped up against their heroes, the jihadists, never have, that's not their position. The position is to cower in front of them and say, okay, these guys are the real deal, I'm going to shut my trap and just watch. That's their job, to make us think that Islam's not bad, because I know that nice guy, that's their job, to make Islam look okay, while the real deal Muslims come and kill us. And uh, so he says, but you know, they have to step up because, frankly, they've been allowing too much of this to go on. And now they're going to step up because Rand Paul told them that they need to step up. They've not stepped up. They won't step up. No matter who says anything, the Quran tells them, oh, you need to step up and kill more infidels. That's what stepping up means in Islam. So this idiot comes out as a hardcore Islamophile. And then he sides with Obama about Cuba. This guy is so all over the place. He wants... The independent vote, the libertarian vote, some concern. I don't know what he wants. 
uh, but he he sucks. Every time he comes out, there, he looks like he's half awake to begin with, and he has a jerry curl hairdo. He has like an afro or something. I don't know why is he wear that. And he always says something that you look at and say that's that's not too smart at all. And then he says something that's okay, and then he undercuts that almost in the same sentence. So he's well, another I've, Islamophile. You know, I've I've liked what he said about privacy, but I've wondered if he actually understands some of the things that he said. So when he's mentioned the third party doctrine, I wasn't clear that he fully understood what it was about, why it was important. Has he followed up and elaborated on that? Not no, it was something that one of his staffers said, hey, uh, mention this term. Well, okay, that happens a lot. These hacks get some staffers who, who do the heavy work. Now going over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, John Roberts. Good evening, John. He says, yeah, this, that what uh, Tapson was talking about is sanction of the victim. Yeah. And Tapson in the piece, and again, go check it out. It's at Front Page Magazine. Um, he says that we should not have the idea all the time that terrorism could be lurking around any corner for any one of us. The threat needs to be dealt with decisively. Right? And and again, go back to what Jerome Brook, Alex Epstein, Alain Giorno, when they've written about proper, you know, position of American self defense. What are we supposed to do? If there is a threat, a threat against us we are justified in our own self-defense to do whatever is necessary to eliminate that threat with minimum loss of life and property on our side. We shouldn't feel guilty about the fact that there are some people, you know, some civilian casualties on their side. We need to do more than just proportional damage. You know, (laughs) Obama throws out the proportionality. To me, that's just... Um, If... There is this threat. You need to Those who strike them with overwhelming force. Overwhelming. They need, I mean, what I would love, they need right? To I mean, get... they, they've, got, they've got these drones. I'm sure that they've traced where these hackers are from. I would say, I mean, why not just totally blow up their whole computer we, system? We need, and, no, but we need, we need to shake yeah. their faith to the point where they're like, Allah's maybe BS. They, they have to get to that point where they say, this is bullshit. Right. This is absolute lies that, that we've been told because they see the, the, the results of that. They see the, the steaming pile that, you know, that's around them. Um, Stewart writes something here, and I think – I want to ask Stewart if that's from his book on anti-Americanism because if it is, I read it. He's excellent. You know, clearly, a civilization that feels guilty for everything it is and does and thinks will, and thinks will lack the energy and conviction to defend itself when its existence is threatened. It's uh, Jean from Francois Ravel, if that's how you pronounce the name. I read the book a number of years ago. If, if that's the one, it's uh, it's something on anti-Americanism. Right. Anyway, sorry. No, and really this idea of feeling justified in defending yourself, feeling that you are good, that you are worthy of life. Worthy of defending your life. That yeah. you are worthy of success and happiness in this world is part of what America used to stand for. It I is mean, the American sense of life. It is the classic American sense of life. And in a way, I think Tapson is... is he's tapping into it. Yeah. That we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 but that's some strong stuff from Mark. I mean, it really, really is. That's one of the best things I think... Uh, I've heard him right, so that's 
No, I, I and again, I, go back to the title. I, I, has the I West, missed that piece. Has the West lost its will to live? I mean, that's, that's you know, and you, you, we are acting suicidally. You either decide that you are worthy of life as a human being or you decide that you're not. And he is afraid that here in the West that we are deciding we, that we're just going to accept this. That basically around any turn, any time, all the time, we could just be eliminated and that's just how life is and we should accept that 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 is and and he and he's thinking that that's become what israel is is doing they they take pride in the idea that life as usual goes on the next week but he's saying no it should be an exceptional thing and they should be you know any attack on israel should be answered with yeah. overwhelming yeah, I mean, force should be against terrified him. to attack israel but they're not because Israel has allowed this existence where you, you pinprick us, we'll pinprick you, back and forth, back and forth. And we will fight wars and say we won, but you'll still exist. Right. Hamas still exists. Israel came out and said that they won recently. It, 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 it's like Obama. Uh, we're going we're gonna to end the wars. End the wars. Think about that language. You need to end the enemy. That's what how you end wars. Yeah, unless you have eliminated the threat. The war goes on. That's right. It's perpetual, and it, it serves the kind of totalitarian mentality that our government has become. You know, whether it's from from Bush administration or the Obama administration, to seek more power, to to get more power on us, to blow up the government, bigger than it's ever been. Uh, they don't want to end the enemy. They don't have it in them. They don't have what it takes. They're not good people. Yeah. Now li- listen to this. He says, for the victims of terrorism, life doesn't go on at all and is forever altered mm. for the surviving family members and friends. The rest of us live with the knowledge that next time it could be us or our loved ones. The psychic attrition is incalculable and it sits on our consciousness like a cancer, no matter how much we tell each other that we must not live in fear. Right? Wow. And that is, until... We have some leaders who actually go after the enemy in a proper and way. That's why, this is our life. That's why a leader is important. I mean, that, that's why a leader is important because people say this even now, like, well, it doesn't matter who's president. It does matter desperately. Oh, I mean, we're seeing because that now. Because a decent human being who loves the country and who respects himself and his own life will end this enemy. It will end this enemy. And who's that going to be? I don't know, but they will end them because we can do it in very short order. We have the power to, you know what? It's like this. There, we need a president who doesn't give a rat's ass what the New York Times says about what he does to defend us. It says, you can write your editorials. Right. I am defending America. <laughs> I am defending our lives here. I'm defending the country and your lives too, you piece of craps. Does that make sense, Peace Crimes? Yeah. Again, the only one I see on the on the horizon for me is is Ted is Cruz. Uh, we do have a call. No, it's a it's a different. That is it. I mean, uh, Ted, Ted Cruz is the only one. You're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello, Tom. Yeah, I have a comment on Cuba. Most people don't seem to know that we do trade with them. They buy about four hundred and thirty million dollars worth of stuff from us every year. Cuba does the whole thing. Uh, Cuba does. Okay. And it's mostly medicine and food. But the thing is, they have to pay cash for it. Mm. The whole point in recognizing Cuba is so that we will give them credit so oh they my don't gosh. have to pay for it. That's now, right. there have been a number of uh, uh, politicians 
in uh, various and sundry states that produce the food that is sold to Cuba that have been arguing for years to recognize Cuba so we can give them or let them buy on credit. So the American people are going to be providing the food and medicine Hmm. free to Cuba. And since 1961, they have defaulted on every one that has ever given them credit. A little cronyism at work and put us even more in debt because, I mean, after all, $18 trillion in debt is not enough. So we may as well take right. on some more debt on behalf of Cuba. Well, thanks for adding that. Yeah. Any, anything else before we take another call, Tom? Um, well, okay. The, what happened in China is when uh, the massacre in uh, Tiananmen Square started, I sent, uh, I was living in Taiwan, I sent faxes to students, Taiwanese students in the U.S. with permission from their parents to send unlimited faxes into China explaining what was going on so the people would know. And the next day, uh, I, you know, maybe a thousand uh, uh, addresses. And the next day there were 7,000 on CompuServe, and after that there were 13,000. And it took about a month until the Chinese uh, government announced that uh, well, they immediately announced that it was uh, the fax machines had to be cut off, or there would be severe penalties, which in, in uh, China included death. And right. within a month, their whole economy was in freefall, and they didn't know whether they could pull it out. So they wow. did the only thing they could: they deregulated, told, uh, turned the fax machines back on, told the business. Uh, had to do any kind of business they could without having to go through the uh, bureaucracy, and their free fall ended immediately. And so you're saying this because they actually did have to do something in order to keep trade going, or? Well, they they stopped everything. See, China had changed from meetings for months where they built Guanxi friendship, uh, mutual obligation. And they had moved to fax machines. And so almost all of their work uh, and negotiations and business took place over fax machines, including with the bureaucracy. And they turned okay. off the fax machines, and it would take months again because all the guanxi had been lost. They'd have to start all over again. And so the entire economy went into free fall. Right, right. And so then they so, had to allow it again in order to. They had the, to deregulate but, but, massively. But I, but I, I'm, I guess I, maybe I'm. It's late and I'm tired, but I wasn't getting the connection between that and the stories that we've talked about. Well, the deregulation is what enabled them to recover. Right, and that would that would okay. definitely make sense. No, that's de- that would definitely make sense. Yes, so that's that's the important point. Uh, that's why the change in China took place. That was a help. Okay, so you're, also, you're basically saying that they, they need they need to come up against reality in some way, and right. probably a lot a lot of the things that United States is doing is preventing these regimes from coming up against reality in the way that would make them yeah, free things up, right? It, it would, well, the United States, to to a great extent, and other countries are preventing them from going into an economic collapse. Exactly, exactly. That that definitely makes and, sense. And so that, that and of course that's spending us down the drain financing them, aside from weakening our economy, uh making it more expensive for people here in the US to uh, afford 
life's necessities. Right, right. I agree. Thank, thanks very much, Tom, for your call. I've got one more call that I want to try to get in before the show is over. Um, in, you know, in terms of economies, I was thinking again about Snowden this week when I heard the news about Russia, that Russia was on the verge of maybe vastly inflating their currency. There was a huge rush on st- rush, haha. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was a huge rush on stores in Russia where people were going in and trying to buy as much as they could from the store shelves because they wanted to get out of rubles or whatever their current currency is and into goods. They wanted to have goods in exchange for the money, hold on to as little cash as possible right. because it was going to be, uh, hmm. there's going to be so much inflation that the currency was going to be worth nothing in their hands. Um, so I'm hoping that people don't have to, to put up with that. Uh, we've got one more call here we're going to take. Hi, who's this? Hi, how are you? This is Mike in New York. Hi, Hello, Mike. Mike in New York. How are you? Uh, doing fine. And you know, you, you mentioned about. Uh, I mean, we were talking about you were talking about Israel and their attitude. These people, how they're not afraid to die. They're not afraid to fight for these Palestinians and everything. These fanatics that are over there. And in a way, I I disagree. I think the media has really pumped up these these Muslim terrorist extremists, uh, where uh, larger than life, and they don't deserve the these freaks that are that are pulling these stunts. I mean, I I consider as a World War II historian, the, the world has never seen a greater terrorist than the Japanese in World War II, where you had the public, where you had the people themselves so brainwashed, and they had a living God. The emperor was their living God. And if you watch the footage on, on Okinawa and Saipan, when we took them, you had mm. women with their children in their arms jumping off the cliffs rather than right. facing them. What about, what about, I mean, I've, I've seen footage Absolutely, of Muslim women and children. who speak fondly about sending their children off to And who blow themselves as, up as, as well. Suicide bombers. And the women, I have yeah, too, but when we, went into, when we went into Baghdad, how many of these women did you see, were they lined up ready to jump, jump in the river with their children in their arms? How well, many did you the, see? Well, some of them, I didn't. know they used them as human shields. You, you didn't shield. see them committing suicide waiting in line, like in the footage from and World actually, War II. Actually, I'm trying and you to didn't see of, the military like well, the kamikazes where but, they were willing well, to. No, 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 no. But I, 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 I remember. Wait, 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 what was it? I think Israel would, in the areas in Gaza, they would drop like a little test bomb yes, or something. Yes, to warn and them. And it would be a warning bomb. Yes. And instead of going away, they, went they would all walk to Children, the men, women, to martyr themselves. Try, to either martyr to themselves it, or, or pretend, but, but, you know, try but to... But one thing, I, I agree with Mike, is, yeah, they are, prop, they are making this enemy look far bigger than it seems. Nothing about it. When 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 Pigman confronts Osama bin Laden and Ethan number one, he picks him up by, by the beard, and he's short. And Osama bin Laden was not 6'5", as they said. That's an absolute lie. So they right. literally made him seem a lot bigger than he was. So Pigman takes him up, he goes... He goes, you're, you know, uh, you're. How do you say? They they say that you're six feet tall. Or he goes, wait, let me let me find it. 
Sorry, it's worth it. No, no, no. Okay, I know what it is. No, I know the line right now. I'm going to say it before it. you get I it. it. They say you're over 60, no, more no, like under. That's no, the line. No, no, that no, is no. the line. I Sorry, got the line. I, have, do you, do I you, can't believe okay, you guys just heard me on Blog Talk Radio tell Bosch the line in, uh, his in own my own comic, comic book. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, but listen, I'm working. It's three fifty-three pages long, by the way. It's it's. But it's but you know good. what? I mean, what, what I was coming to is, what did it take to stop what those terrorists, so the Japanese, in World War Two? Two yeah, bombs, yes. two bombs, footprints. And they were still willing to, willing to fight. Yes, but once. It, yeah, once but I, it, it that's that shut it down because I'll tell you, these people in the same mentality, they will not they will not respect you and stand down unless they fear oh, you. No doubt about and, it. And our well, government doesn't get that. Israel gets it. Well, at least the majority. You've got conservatives over there, but. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, not, Israel is like, I, I call it, I consider it an island surrounded in an ocean of insanity. That's what it is. Well, it is. It is. But at the same time, they're allowing their citizens to be butchered and without yeah. destroying their murderers. And that's just sick to me. They have the power yeah. to destroy all their enemies if they want. Anyway, just, just, just one second. When, uh, when a pigman confronts Osama Laden in the cave, Osama Laden puts a, up a gun to his own head, says, I, I'll shoot. I swear. I'll shoot. You know, don't touch me. Because he knows about pigman's pigskin leather. And so Pigman grabs him by the beard, and Osama Laden says, no, oh, he whispers. And then he says, he slaps him across the face, Pigman, twice. Psh, psh. He goes, and they said you were over six feet, more like under. And then, Pig, you know, and then Osama Laden, he faints. And then, you know, Pigman, you know, he snorts. Anyway, I can't believe I missed the line. I can't and believe I, I forgot. I, I told you the line in your own comic. That is pitiful. Uh, that is pitiful. Anyway. No, but I mean, from, from what I see from a, a lot of the soldiers... Um, that are coming back that have served in both uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, and I've got a pretty good, I can't go into depth, but I've got a good connection with a, a lot of them. And um, They say basically, yeah, you've got your fanatics, but it's not all the people. There's an apathy over there where these people are so beaten down, they don't care. They don't, these people, the guys that tell me that they give them MREs with pork chops on them and stuff in, in them, and they'd eat them, they didn't care. They didn't. They said it's a whole a different a picture a than what. Don't care about Islam, but the ones that do are the problem, and they're the ones. That the ones that do are the problem, and the fanatics. Those are the yeah. ones, and we can't deal with them correctly because we've allowed the politics and we've allowed the media in there. If we, we should deal with it, we should deal with it. a total war like in World War II. When you go in, let the we army should. do the job, then pull them the hell out. I mean, look flatten what it. Look what we did. Japan killed nearly three thousand of us, and we nuked them. Yeah, you know the Muslim world, and I, I say that at large supports the attack on you know on nine eleven. Three thousand of us, nearly three thousand of us, and look what we have done. We bombed some mountaintops, and we allow yeah. this enemy to still exist. And now they're spawned. I mean, it's not just Al Qaeda. You have Boko Haram now. You have ISIS. You have all these groups that never existed before because yeah. they're because they're undefeated and they keep. Well, and, yeah. and, Remember, and, we're tolerant now. Like ISIS tries to one up Al Qaeda now. Like, oh, yeah, you guys think you're, you're, you're horrific? Watch this. Yeah. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's we got to do the, the – you know, Yeah, we, we do. We have, to, we have to go into some Christopher Nolan here because I want a little bit of time. I for knew that. we wouldn't have time. <laughs> no, we, we've got to go right now. Um, any, I'm any sorry. Last word, any, any last word, Mike, before we go? It's okay. No, no worries. Oh, no, no. Go, go ahead and continue with it. I just wanted to no, touch base with you guys on it. Great no, show. Really, you're doing a, a great job. Appreciate it. Thank no, but, you. No, but I – I understand your point about that because uh, they do try to make our enemies seem far more dangerous than they are. And this enemy, though, if they get their hands on nukes, there's nothing going to stop them if we don't stop them. They right. won't stop. They won't stop themselves. So that's all. 
Yeah, but I'll tell you, they fear a lot. I'm here in New York, and I'll tell you, a lot of my guys, when they first came back, when that patch, I wouldn't even say, when that patch showed up in the region, they were scared to death because they they knew those troops were coming in from New York, and they, in their minds, they they thought about it the way that the way right. they rationalize it. Right. These New York troops want revenge. Yes, yes. they were afraid. Right. They didn't know what to expect. And it, yeah. they, the guys told me, they said it was a whole different thing. They treated us differently. They didn't want to go, they didn't want to go head on the way they did with some of the other units from Arkansas, from other, other parts of the states. They felt that New York would be brutal. And so they, right. they treated them differently. I mean, but, uh, now, but, but, but now they see us as chumps. Because well, right, our right. Our well, it's because of Obama. It's turned yes, into a joke. Right. I don't have respect for us whatsoever. It began with Bush, though. Bush had the rules of engagement, which basically well, deballed our our well, our military. It, 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 began, the beginning. it began ever since. It began ever since they started teaching just war theory yep. in the military academy. Yep. One thing also. I mean, not, not you, the beginning, Bush was doing the right thing, and everybody had the right attitude. But the more the politicians got involved, and and the public sentiment, the media, that's when it started getting to the point that Bush was just like, you know what, enough, and he just let it go, and then it started getting out of control. But in the beginning, no. I mean, we were, we were doing our job. But the politically correct attitude grew little by little. And that's what you know, it's exactly. been doing. I mean, since after Korea, that's how wars are fought yeah, but, now. Exactly. Um, if, but if we, we really, if we really did our job, there. we would have went after the two greatest state sponsors of, on, on, of terrorism on Earth, Saudi Arabia and Iran. If we took them out in some devastating way, that was it. I mean, that would have been it. Right. And they, and then you, sh- you show the rest of the Muslim countries. Yeah, you need, your jihad you need to, is over. You definitely, you definitely need to throw out this idea of proportionality, and you need to address the right enemy with overwhelming force so that you can actually eliminate the threat. So let's no more jihad, no more war. Now we are going to go to I knew something it. completely different, which is what do you mean you knew it? I knew it. I knew we wouldn't get a chance to talk about this. Well, it's not all my fault. Well, I'm saying, I mean, we, we you know, we get caught up in anyway, this. Anyway, let's, let's let's go to it now. <sighs> okay. Please go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, and you can check out a post that I left there this week, and it asks, what does Night of January 16th, which is a play by Ayn Rand, have in common with recent Christopher Nolan movies, and in particular, you know, I did watch Inception, but it's been a while since I've watched Inception. And I also had a lot more of a reaction, I think, to both Dark Knight Rises oh, yeah. and Interstellar, which Interstellar I just saw earlier this Emotionally week. Emotionally. So powerful. I was very taken by both of those. And I connected it with something that I read in the introduction to Night of January 16th. And I talk about that over again on my blog. What Ayn Rand said in the introduction there is that she first had this idea for a play. And those of you who know the play, her idea was that she would have a play in which jurors were selected from the audience. The whole play was a trial and that the audience members would determine what the verdict is. And that would, you know, determine what the actual ending of the play was. But she said she couldn't just have the verdict be meaningless or just be based on, you know, what they thought of some inconclusive evidence. The hook, in effect, was that the verdict would depend on the juror's sense of life, their subconscious view about the relationship between man and existence, right? And so if the idea is that the jurors thought that men were not supposed to have ambition, they weren't supposed to 
hold their head upright and believe that they're worthy of happiness on earth, etc., then they would have a verdict one way. And right. if they did believe that they were worthy of success, they were ambitious, they were worthy of happiness on this earth, they did not lose their will to live, in, in effect, that they would have a verdict in, in the other direction. And so that's how this play was set up. And so I was integrating that because I did recently reread the play this semester. Um, I was integrating that with this idea about Christopher Nolan films. So when I've watched these two Christopher Nolan films, I've had no no question in my mind about what the endings were for each of these. So I'm going to give spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Turn out, tune out if you have not watched either of these movies. But if uh, in Dark Knight Rises, at the end, you go through this little roller coaster because at mm. first you think that Bruce has died saving Gotham. And then at the end, there's this twist. And then you see that he's going to have this life finally of happiness. A chance, a shot at a, a shot at happiness away from Gotham, away from being Batman. In Interstellar, you think that perhaps Cooper, the protagonist, has died going off into a black hole. And then instead you see that like, you know, there were some hints planted in the movie that there's something that happens when you go into a black hole and there's these multiple dimensions. And in effect, he was the ghost for his daughter and he, the quote unquote ghost. Yeah. Yeah. He plants information for her that allows her to basically rescue him from this other dimension. And save the world. So what I thought, and, and a lot of people said, no, those sequences were just dreams. Those no. were only dreams. No. And so the connection I made is that if you thought those were only dreams, you think that either saving the world is an altruistic endeavor no. and that somebody actually has to sacrifice and not have happiness, not be worthy of happiness, or you just think that life and success aren't possible in the in the world. No. But anyway, go join, the, go join the discussion over at my blog because I actually think that those movies are sense of life litmus tests. Yep. So again, go to my blog, don'tletitgo.com, complete the discussion for today. Also, uh, do go to Facebook and join the event for watching Team America no, on no, no, no. Christmas Day. No, we're okay. not going to. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll actually end yeah, on time so. today. Um, anyway, thanks, thanks everyone who purchased stuff from Bosch's sales. Yes, thank you so yeah. much, everyone. And the, the line in Interstellar Cooper: "It's impossible. It's necessary." That's all. You know, to do the impossible. Actually do it. The perfect one. Thanks, everyone here in the chat room and those of you who called in. And we will speak to you next week. Have a good night.